This is a Care Chronicles episode with your host, Trisha Kayati. Unfortunately, being a music therapist can just be really hard at times, and the position I was in was just making things harder, and so it was time to leave. You're listening to The Care Chronicles, a podcast about self-care, healthcare, and everything in between. I'm your host, Trisha Kayati. I'm a board-certified music therapist, and I'm currently pursuing my master's degree in mental health counseling. I'm also a creative, multi-passionate, nature-loving, many-water-sign forever student. Join me and guests on the show as we explore how we take care of ourselves and each other. Welcome back to The Care Chronicles. Thank you so much for being here with me today, choosing to spend your time with me on The Care Chronicles. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Thank you for following on social media, for sending in your lovely feedback and kind words and constructive criticism. I really appreciate hearing from you all. This show has evolved a lot (laughs) over the years and probably the most evolution has happened in the past year and that is of course because I have evolved a lot in the past year and today's episode I think is really going to illuminate a lot of why that is. Um, Last episode I talked about burnout and working through burnout. If you missed it, check it out. I talked about steps I took, things I did, changes I made, um, signs that I was really in the burnout and it wasn't going away, and then ultimately that I made the decision to leave my music therapy job and think, I truly think that that's what put me on the road to burnout recovery because that was just a change that needed to happen. So today we're going to be talking about challenges that led up to that decision and ultimately why I felt like it was the best decision for me. So in doing an episode like this, um, this is kind of a sensitive conversation, right? Because I in no way want to badmouth or talk down upon or put in a negative light the other parties that were involved in, you know, what's going to come up in my story because obviously there were other people involved. There were private practices involved. There were other professionals involved. Um, And I am just sharing my side of the story and am going to try and make things as clear as possible, still being sensitive to the feelings of anyone who could be listening. And so with that in mind, um, and with many 
episodes, I ask myself this question of what is the value? Why bother sharing this at all? And I think that I really want to share this experience to help other professionals who may feel alone, because I know I felt alone, who may be experiencing similar things and knowing in their heart or just feeling truly like this is not okay why is this happening but everyone else seems okay with it so am I the problem um you're probably not (laughs) and two great examples of that are I was recently at a wedding for a friend and was seated at a table with a person who is a speech-language pathologist and as a speech-language pathologist worked a very similar position that I did as a music therapist and was talking about some of the challenges they were facing and I was listening to her story and think these are universal problems and I can tell by the way she's talking about them that she's not okay with it but she has accepted that this is the reality because it's the only thing being shown to her and so in order to bring light to challenges that we are all facing and all not okay with, (laughs) but don't know that other people also are not okay with them, that is the value in this episode. Um, The next episode I will be releasing is a conversation with Kim Best. Hi, Kim. We love you. (laughs) And the two of us are talking about the pros and cons of contracting in general and have both determined that we see more cons than pros would love to hear some pros from other people but that conversation with Kim as well as my conversation with this speech language pathologist as well as just seeing the immense positive shift in my life after leaving my job has just led me to the conclusion that this is a story worth sharing And this is my story, and it's my version of the story. And I hope that other people learn from it or feel seen. So ultimately, I left my job because I came to the conclusion that I was feeling undersupported and undervalued. I would only talk to my superiors when I had problems and I felt like those things were not being addressed uh, in a way that was supportive. Um, My superiors were very emotionally supportive. They would listen to problems. They always understood when I felt like I couldn't work with certain clients anymore or that I just wasn't the best fit. They were very flexible with that kind of stuff, but when big things were going on that were just making me, like giving me whiplash saying, what, 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 what is this? Why is this happening? Um, Just really felt like those things were not being addressed appropriately. I felt like I was constantly being lied to and therefore, you know, really felt unsafe in the position I was in. And then After having many conversations about my concerns, um, I just came to the realization that my expectations for changes that I needed to see to be comfortable were unrealistic, that those changes were not going to be made, that 
my needs were not going to be met. And so because of that, I had outgrown the position and it was time to leave. And I think that that was the best decision for everyone involved. So let's talk about some of the red flags I experienced. Um, A lot of these things were throughout my experience as a full-time music therapist, but um, most of them happened within the year of 2022, which if you listen to my last episode, you know, that was a year of extreme burnout. And um, here's a lot of things that (laughs) definitely contributed to that. So I was a traveling subcontracted music therapist for many years. I subcontracted through two private practices in my area. I provided services in three states across New England. I drove an average of 400 miles a week. I was in, I don't know, 10 to 20 schools or houses or locations and every day, or I'm sorry, not every day, every week. Um, so that would be anywhere from two to five or six places a day. Um, And that in itself is taxing. And I think that I could have sustained that type of position for a few more years, but ultimately, like I said, um, had to leave because I didn't feel like I had the support in other areas. So in subcontracting for these two companies over the course of a few years, one of them was kind of stepping back, minimizing clientele, and began selling their contracts to the other private practice. So it wasn't a huge deal for me. I was already working through both of these private practices, just the contracts were switching hands. Um, The downside to this, or one of the downsides, was I often would not know that this was happening um, until it was happening or till it did happen where a family would ask me something and out of the blue, like about invoicing or bills or whatever. And, um, I would be really confused because I would be like, I'm sorry, I'm not working through that agency when I come to see you. Or I would get, um, a voicemail just saying, oh, by the way, the contract with so-and-so school is now going to be provided with so-and-so private practice. And that would just be the voicemail, which was not a super great feeling. And on top of that, it finally got to the point where contracts that I had been servicing for multiple years were just being handed to someone else. They were never offered to me. That was never discussed with me. I had no warning or idea that that was going to happen. Um, And as the person who has been providing these services creating relationships with these programs and families um, to just have that handed off to someone else and not even offered to you is, is really not a great feeling. So that was, that was a red flag. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of these practices seem just very common based on other people I've talked to. So they don't really feel great. They're, um, Most people are not very comfortable with them, but they are common. So again, that's part of why I'm sharing this experience. Um, And also to bring light to the fact that even though something might be common practice, there's probably a better way. (laughs) Uh, And tune into my episode with Kim Best. That'll come out soon to hear more about that. So anyway, that was one of the red flags. Uh, Then at one point, 
all of the contracts I had been working were sold to this other private practice. So instead of working through two private practices, now I'm suddenly only working through one with very minimal time (laughs) to come to terms with that in conjunction with that one private practice that I was providing services through was making a shift from subcontracting to employment. We had very little warning about, very little guidance on how to make that shift or what changes would look like. Um, It was a change that I think was made very hastily and perhaps needed to happen at that time in that way, but as a person who was becoming an employee um, did not feel good about that because if you don't know, you know, subcontracting versus employment, subcontracting, you are a self-employed person. Um, There's a lot more responsibility that comes with that, but you also can't be told how or when to do your work. Um, Things are a lot more flexible. You are essentially your own, not essentially, you are your own boss. You're just choosing to take on work um, through this private practice. And so then switching to employment, those things were shifted in a way, as well as, um, you know, to be (laughs) very blunt, how money was handled. So as an employee, you would usually expect things like health insurance or life insurance, paid time off, retirement planning, other fringe benefits and supports that come with being an employee. Those things are not included in subcontracting. So when my position switched from subcontracting to employment, I was expecting um, some, if not all, of those benefits, and they did not come. I was still paying for everything myself. I still had all the financial responsibilities I had as a subcontractor, um, and... That was especially hard because suddenly taxes were being withdrawn from my income. As a subcontractor, you're paid, you know, your whole rate, whatever that may be, and then you're responsible for doing your own taxes. And so that could be hundreds of dollars a paycheck or a month that I used to have coming into my income and could use in a certain way until it came time to pay taxes and I think over time I'd become pretty smart about how to do that and so suddenly I had less money (laughs) being put into my account uh, as an employee but still had all the financial responsibilities of paying for my own health care and paying for when I needed to take a day off or got sick or paying for um, HIPAA compliant documentation, like things like that were not covered under this employment model until usually until I would say something, um, say, you know, Hey, my HIPAA compliant documentation is running out. I don't want to keep paying for it now that I'm an employee, (laughs) you know, how can we remedy this? So things like that were, were stressful to try and navigate. Um, And that was another red flag, too, that I I felt like things weren't really addressed until I was bringing them up, you know, saying, hey, we've switched to this new model. Um, 
and I have questions. Like one of the questions I asked was, what is full-time status? And I think I got a response like 30 hours, which, you know, is, is standard. That makes sense. And then I asked, okay, so does driving time count into that? Because as someone who was driving 400 miles a week, that was easily 10 to 12 hours of commuting between locations in my week. Um, and the response I got was, oh, I didn't think of that. And so that wasn't very reassuring uh, that I was being thrust into this employment position where even something like full-time status had not been thought out with considerations for our travel time when everyone on the team had very significant travel needs. Another thing was supervision. Um, I know supervision, we all know supervision is really important. It can be a tricky thing with a, um, a boss or a superior being a supervisor and having that dual role, bringing in outside supervisors who may not be as familiar with the area or the clientele. It's a, it's a tough thing to navigate. And originally, um, when I had asked about supervision and uh, an option was provided, <laughs> the option provided to the best of my knowledge was a music therapist who was on the cusp of hitting two years of clinical experience. And I had much more experience than that. And also looking at the AMTA standards, um, two years of professional experience is the minimum for being a supervisor for an intern. So I, as a professional with several years experience, was being offered a supervisor who had two years experience, who theoretically should be able to supervise an intern. And that just, it just didn't feel good. That was a red flag for me. I had tried to be open to the idea, but ultimately felt like wouldn't really be supervision I was getting. It would be peer supervision, which I was totally open to. But um, yeah, that was not the setup that, that it was given to me as. So if you're in a position where you feel like you need supervision <laughs> and are not seeing great options or being offered great options, I feel for you. Um, I'm sorry you're going through that. And I understand how you feel. Another huge red flag, um, huge, huge red flag that happened several times were when we would get told how our pay would pan out. So we would get, as employees, get different rates for sessions, driving, documentation, which to my knowledge, is pretty standard in a private practice to have different rates based on the different tasks that need to be accomplished. And I totally respect that. I understand it. But unfortunately, we would be told one thing and then paid something else. Or we would be told one thing and that would not be honored. And then the rate of pay would be half to a third what we were originally promised and honestly it was really jarring for me and I felt angry and like such a burden to have to keep saying I don't understand this this is what we committed to this is what we agreed upon why am I not seeing this reflected in my paycheck 
and to have to have that conversation multiple times um, was exhausting. (laughs) It was really exhausting. And it made me not trust decisions that were being made or things I was being told because it seemed like I could be told one thing and another thing would happen and I wouldn't know until it was happening. Um, And that sense of distrust was just really hard to work through. And as I said at the beginning of the episode, I I ultimately never worked through it. (laughs) I chose to leave instead. So after a year of this huge shift where I was working through two agencies and suddenly one of them owned all these contracts and also I was suddenly an employee but not really supported in the ways employees were supposed to be supported. I sat down with my superior and I said, you know, it's been a year. It's been a shift. We've been through some growing pains. I get it. What's going to change now? You know, what can we look forward to being more sustainable or what supports are coming down the pipeline now that we've had a year of figuring all this out and ultimately the answer was nothing Um, they weren't ready to commit to any additional supports (laughs) or benefits or changes and on top of that I was told that um, I was working more hours than everyone else. I was getting more per hour than everyone else on the team and that I was the only one who was unhappy. And that both hurt to hear and was probably very true. Um, I don't know that I was the only one who was unhappy. Unfortunately, as a team, as traveling clinicians... We didn't really communicate with each other much or have much of that team atmosphere. So I never was able to talk to anyone and say, are you experiencing these things? How do you feel about them? It was 110% fishbowl syndrome where I felt like I was constantly trying to address these problems I was seeing. And so I sat with that um, and like I said in the beginning of this episode, determined that obviously my expectations and my needs were too much. And if I was unhappy in a place where everyone else was happy, then I was the problem and it was time to leave. And that's what I did. And I was really fortunate to land at a wonderful school that I... (laughs) have background with, I have history with, where I am supported and do feel good about the work I'm doing every day. And I'm doing music therapy only one day a week, but know that this is what needs to happen right now. This is what's best for me and it's what's best for the school I'm working at. And I'm so grateful that I had this alternative because all those red flags were were really just adding up. So if you're listening to this and, you know, maybe you're thinking, there's no way she's making all this up, um, please know that I'm not. 
if you're listening to this and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm experiencing some of those things, could it, you know, is it going to get that bad? I, I don't know. <laughs> like only you know your position. If you're listening to some of these things and thinking, I'm experiencing this and I'm also upset and it seems like the norm, why is no one else upset? I feel you. I was there. And if you're listening to this and thinking, I also feel like my expectations are too high and my needs aren't being met, it's time to leave, then I hope for you that you can leave. I hope for you that you can leave whatever position you're in and find a better one where you are valued and supported, where your skill set is utilized, where you have colleagues that care about you and supervisors who provide wonderful feedback, where you get to think critically and ask hard questions and there are colleagues who have different philosophies than you but still accept and support you. I don't exactly remember that quote but it's about you know if you put a frog in a pot of boiling water it'll immediately jump out but if you put a frog in a pot of room temperature water and gradually bring it to a boil it'll stay because it won't notice the change and if you think you're a frog in a pot of water that has become boiling and it's time to get out uh, this is your your wake-up call to notice the change and to do what you need to do. If you listened to my last, last episode, you know that burnout was killing my mental and physical health. Um, and that leaving my position as a full-time music therapist was the ultimate thing that broke that cycle. And so in that way, it's been life-changing. Um, it's been a lot to work through, not being a full-time music therapist anymore. There's been a lot of identity stuff that I've been dealing with, and I have some fear in sharing this episode, knowing that um, perhaps I said something in a way that is upsetting to someone, or perhaps people will misunderstand me sharing my story, that I'm, I don't know, complaining or unrealistic or whatever negative thought you might have. But I'm hoping that there will be more of you that do um, understand this experience in a way, not understanding that you've had the same experience because it was not good and I don't hope that for you. But um, I wish that you understand in a way that me sharing was helpful for you. So... Um, tune in to my next episode with Kim where we talk about the dangers of subcontract work and ways that we're trying to find a better solution because even though subcontracting is so common it's very common practice we have yet <laughs> to see it be sustainable and I think you know, 2020 for me was a great example of that, even though technically I was employed. Um, we have yet to see it be sustainable and would love to hear from people who have found a way to make it work. Um, you'll hear from Kim, ways that she's trying to make it work. And 
I see a brighter future for music therapists and other clinicians who are asking the hard questions and leaving the things that are not serving them because they demand more and know that they won't get it staying stuck where they are. So thank you so, so much for listening to my story, for being here, for supporting this show. If you or someone you know wants to be on the show, you can always reach out to me at hello at care-chronicles.com. Make sure you follow on social media at care-chronicles and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. I'm having a lot of fun with this more fluid release schedule and feeling like I can bring more to each episode because of it. So I hope that you're seeing that too on the listening end. And until next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other. <laughs>